previously on My Best Friend's Journal. There's a very specific kind of, I almost want to say like euphoria about spending a weekend with some of your best gays. Well, I'm going on a, a second date this evening after we're done here. My dad would not let us tell my brother and sister or any other family members. My dad did not mention anything to them until the week before he was sentenced. Are you kidding me? Nope. His lawyer was like arguing that he could never have taken advantage of a senior citizen that way because he himself was such a good caretaker for his own parents and in-laws with dementia. And for better or worse, Weibo's mind is there. He went to prison in 2016, right after Trump got elected, which was like a, a really fun month for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, no. Let's not go down that rabbit hole just yet because I can't handle the existential dread yeah. of both of those things happening at once. It was surprisingly <laughs> like a pretty good Christmas, and I'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote This shit might get too real Nothing here is sacred I'm haunted by my past It's called my best friend's journal Let's start this damn podcast Let's sing this name a little longer first It's someone's favorite podcast Hola. Hello. Have you been practicing on Duolingo? Because you are very uh, lingual. <laughs> oh, thank you. I am the most lingual. Um, hi, welcome to my best friend's journal. I'm Cam. And I'm Mike. And this is our podcast. How are you, friend? I am great now. I wasn't so great. This weekend I got like smacked in the face with a very quick sickness that has not been identified by the CDC. I've submitted my symptoms and they have yet to get back to me. <laughs> um <laughs> I was feeling really great on Friday, productive, wonderful day, and was ready for an eventful weekend. And then late Friday night, I just like, it got so painful to swallow. Like I could not swallow at all. And I looked mm -hmm. at my tonsils with my little phone flashlight. Were you trying to swallow anything in particular? Yeah, my neighbor's load. They were all coming over one by one. Um, mm -hmm. I have a load night on Friday. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> I know, gross. Honestly, the back of my throat looked like I had swallowed a bunch of loads. It was like really nasty. Um, Ugh. I know, disgusting. Anywho, I had like a 102.9 fever and, uh, finally. Girl, that's on, high. Yeah, it was high. And so the next day I went to urgent care, which was the 4th of July, truly the last thing I want to do. Um, and the doctor was like, yeah, your, your throat's fucked up. He like was really unhelpful. Um, they did a strep swab and I, it just came back and they, it wasn't strep. Don't know what it was. Anyway, it was on antibiotics and like went away instantly, um, which is great. Modern medicine. Am I right? You are. That's actually what you said to me. <laughs> I was like, Cam, you're not going to believe this. I am so much better. You're like, yeah, you're on medicine. You fucking idiot. No, you took it to like a different place than that. You're like, what is this black magic? <laughs> taking these pills and my symptoms are going away i'm like bitch it's science it is basic like antibiotic science they think you have something bacterial they throw you an antibiotic at it and it works that's how it's supposed to work by sunday night fourth of july uh i was feeling a bit better and the fireworks are going off like right above my apartment so i was like okay i can either sit here and like try and sleep through it or i can just go out there and watch them so i put a mask on in case i was contagious and went outside to watch them and it was very fun and i saw um three little boys playing with like glow swords and two of them were having like a what don't do anything gross because i said little boys no, no, no i i just heard three little boys sat on a window oh yeah <laughs> three little birds sorry i don't know why i'm you today i'm just no, like full of jukebox references anyway two of the straight boys i assume were playing with them like swords and one of them mm -hmm. was twirling his best life i mean this kid was no older than seven he was like voguing with it like shaking it around it was amazing i was so thrilled to watch that so that alone was worth getting out of my apartment for oh that's amazing it's like uh it's a really good early harbinger of homosexuality it's like okay i'm gonna give you this light up toy now if you choose to fight with it you're gonna go one way in life but if you choose to do rhythmic gymnastics we have a whole other more interesting person on our hands 
Um, speaking of light up toy, that video, Madonna's video, Ray of Light, has been um, has been making making the rounds. Obviously, you have an opinion here, but I just want to say that it's been making the rounds of uh, in in the gay meme world because apparently lots of gays are getting sick right now because all of a sudden everybody's out having a good time and like, why am I sick? Uh, yeah, the, I've seen that meme. It's like. Uh gays why why don't i feel great and also gays and then it's just like that ray of light video where it's just like a huge crowd of people with flashing lights just going really hard is it the 40 hours i spent this weekend drinking and licking strangers faces maybe <laughs> um listen you invoked the name of madonna so i have to say this i'm not the first person to make this point but she is on my fucking shit list right now i have never found Madonna likable. I actually don't think that likability is her goal, nor is it really her thing. Like she's not ever trying to get people to like her. She is like more of like a, what's the word I'm looking for when, when you're like above everything, like, like unattainable, mm. unattainable. Um, she's always been kind of that, but then um, again, I'm not the first person to make this point, And a lot of people have probably talked this to death already, but I just, the more I think about it, the more I'm mad I get. So she recently tweeted at Lil Nas X after he performed at the BET awards, he kissed a dude. It was, this whole thing it was the first time for like a queer person i think maybe the first time ever for two men to kiss on the bet awards it was a big deal he keeps pushing the boundaries he keeps killing out on these live performances he he was just so great and i i loved every bit of what he did and then she tweeted like the next day a picture of her kissing Britney at the um C- the, I almost said the CMAs definitely wasn't that <laughs> at the uh, MTV Music Awards like years and years ago and she just said I did it first and it's like the most narcissistic gross self-centric thing in the world to make that about you when what she was doing was like a culturally accepted two straight girls kissing like very like sorority girl like mm-hmm. performing for men situation and this is a queer person of color having a queer kiss on stage at like a major venue he's the first black pop star ever to get this hot like to be openly gay and to be this successful like you didn't do it first you didn't even pave the way this is a completely different thing and it's so gross to take that away where she could have been like way to go way to be like the provocative pop star like way to you know like even if she had made it about her by saying like you know we're in this together or way to you know like follow the road that i started or whatever because she did pave the way for a lot of provocative pop stars but she just did it the worst way which made her so much more unlikable to me and i know that she's a diva for a reason and a lot of gays worship her i just have never really liked her and she is just not i I can't stand her just old like clinging to fame pathetic grabby narcissistic grossness i just really can't deal with it yeah there's a lot to there's a lot of props to give madonna as far as pop goes but she is chronically tone deaf it goes way i mean remember the beginning of the pandemic when she's like covid is the great equalizer from her bathtub of milk and rose petals it's like (laughs) listen to what you're saying and look at what you're doing chronically tone deaf that should be her next fucking album (laughs) yeah i like that um anyway i yeah i've got nothing to add except for that it she wrong that's all there is to it it's not it's not the same <laughs> yes at least she's also chronically memeable she's she's contributed to the culture in many ways <laughs> that she has um speaking of the culture do you have a mm-hmm. gayest moment of the week you want to share i sure do gay 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 so i finally met some Denver gays. We love to hear it. This past weekend, 4th of July, our only two gay friends uh, decided to have a bit of a pool party at their place. So they invited a bunch of friends over. We went during the day, got day drunk, met some new people. It was delightful. And because I've been itching to get out and experience the Denver gay scene, and it was my very first time uh, you know, around Denver gays, and I was a little drunk, I proceeded to bully everyone at the table to go out that night, which... After day drinking is a really hard sell. You know, like you're yes. like, it's like noon, you're drinking by a pool. You're like, I'm going to be tired by 7 p.m. There's no 7, way. 3.30. There's no way I'm going to go out. But I was hellbent. I was determined to go out to a gay bar. So I like went around this party and like was like, hey, you want to go out? You want to go out? You going to go out? Um, Pretty much everyone said that they were. Not everyone did end up out. But there was a group of six of us that ended up going out. We ended up at a gay bar called Charlie's. Um, It was really fun. It was pretty chill when we got there. I don't really have to describe a gay bar to you. Um, There was a drag <laughs> show going on. On. About was, a month ago, you might have had to, because I <laughs> I didn't remember. 
<laughs> You've been in one recently. Um, I will just say that it was the most diverse crowd I've ever seen anywhere in Denver. Um, Colorado is known for being a state that really lacks diversity. Um, I saw young people of color, so many queer people, um, all different kinds of like shapes and sizes of bodies. Uh, it was so fun. The music was great. The DJ was awesome. We ended up dancing for a while, um, called it a night before, like I didn't stay till last call. No one got sloppy, ended up at home, <laughs> like made some chicken fingers and went to bed. It was like the perfect night out, woke up feeling good, but like had a great time. You know what I mean? Just like uh-huh. a really kind of magical night where no one went too far. Everyone just kind of stopped where it was a good time. That's a um, miracle. Yeah, it was a miracle. And uh, <laughs> it was my first time at the Denver Gay Bars. It felt really good. I will say that the drive back from Denver all the way up to our house, which is like an hour uh, at that time of night felt like it took an eternity it was like wow we fucking live a lot a really far away from these gay bars did peter drive because he's he i don't think i've ever seen peter drunk i feel like he doesn't get there very often he gets drunk often enough but um i mean <laughs> i guess as often as the next guy but like incredulous he out, gets drunk hey uh, <laughs> hey now <laughs> um no he um he does like to drive when we go out and like there's no way we're getting an an uber an hour back to our house like way up in the mountains so he had like dollars yeah yeah he had like a drink and then like drank water the whole night and then drove us home it was great oh lovely my favorite part about that is the snack at the end of the evening while i wouldn't have chosen chicken tenders like a snack feels like a real feels like the cherry on top feels like you really had the right night you know for me that would be like driving through taco bell they're usually open by the time i'm going home oh my god our taco bell in our little town is not open late um so you can't eat great even late oh Damn it. I know. So stupid. <laughs> he took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I was very like determined to get something on the way home and there was literally nothing. So we got home and I was kind of sad because I didn't get my food. And I walked into our bedroom and I realized that I had made a rookie mistake and I had washed my sheets and hadn't made the bed. And oh, it was like fuck. two in the morning. But it was perfect because I was like, okay, Peter. I will make the bed if you make us a snack. And so by the time I was done, he had put a huge pile of uh, popcorn chicken into the air fryer. And there was just like all this fried chicken and he had multiple dipping sauces. He knew exactly what I needed. I was so happy. Oh, count on Peter to know exactly what's going to satisfy at the moment. He fell asleep on the couch immediately. And I watched an episode of Will and Grace and ate that entire plate of chicken. What a win, win, win. Yep. Will and Grace, clean sheets, chicken, husband asleep, don't have to share. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's <yeah>. great. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Okay, so that was my gayest moment. Um, how about yours, friend? Well, I told you I had to cancel a date that I had planned last Saturday, so we have been working on rescheduling that, which, by the way, before I get to my gayest moment, um, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned a the bowling date um, that was going to be a second date. We went. It was fun. Oh, right. Bowling was great. Bowling, I still stand by, as a good second date. It was we're not going to be continuing with that adventure. Um, no spark. No, it was just like such kind of forced conversation. Like my jokes were missing. His jokes were missing. We just kind of didn't like nothing really landed. And it was like, it just very clear. It wasn't it. You know what I mean? But it was still fun. Maybe two gay vegans in one relationship is like too much. It's like, um, do you remember when vests were really popular in the early two thousands? I would uh, like two gay people in a vest in one place was like, no, too much. I'm going to disagree with you on that. <laughs> that still would be a huge, a huge uh, plus, not a minus <laughs> To get vegans. <laughs> Our personalities aren't like completely. Oh, I hate you. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, have you ever um, met a vegan? I bring this up because my mom called me yesterday or texted me. I don't remember. She was like, are you seeing someone? I was like, no. Why? She's like, well, on the podcast, you said you went on a date. And I was like, okay. A, a, a second date does not seeing someone make. And B, mm-hmm. like, I, I will tell you, don't fucking worry. It was just, like, so dramatic for nothing. And also, Weibo has been be promised that she be the first person I tell if I'm ever dating someone. So it's going to be a real issue for me to get through the two of them because they live together. They're going to find out. Uh-huh. Anyway, no, I'm not seeing anyone, Mom. Don't worry. Um, but back to the gayest moment, that date that I canceled last Saturday, we've been working on rescheduling. And I was texting this guy um, last night, which was Drag Race night. And we ended up like live texting through Drag Race, our comments and feelings. And it was very fun. And we agree with a lot of the things, which many gay boys do about Drag Race because it's edited a certain way. But it was just fun to like watch with someone. And that was a good kind of um, an entry to this guy's personality, you know? Yeah, that is, that's great that you can agree on those things. I will challenge the many gay boys feel the same way um, because somehow even though there's an edit like we all see the same edit i feel like at the end of every season there is a huge contingent for everyone in the top you know what i mean like there's a there's never a clear winner 
Uh, yeah, you're right. But the opinions of people, like, uh, you know, as to, like, who was great, who should have gone home, all that kind of stuff, it's usually very widely varied. I mean, every one of these queens has a contingent of fans, some bigger than others. But, like, if you go to a watch party, there will be some people that will be so happy at the end of an episode and some people that are willing to, like, fight that they're so mad. So it is uh, – they're – I think it just depends on the the person and the queens that like the style of drag they like. Um, but that's like one of my favorite things is that like at the end of every season, there's a there's always a fight between at least two, usually three queens as to who could actually take the crown. That's true enough. And thinking about it, a lot of the stuff we were agreeing on, I could see how others may disagree on. So anyway, hopefully that's a good harbinger for a fun little date tonight. We're gonna get some margaritas. Yeah, it's kind of my go-to. Tequila always helps. Yeah. Are you going out for like dinner? Are you going out for happy hour drinks? What are you doing? Just doing some happy hour. Okay. See how the evening goes. Yeah. I think that's a great, um, great first date situation because you can always, if it's not great, like easily pay after one drink and get on with your life. And if it's, <laughs> if you don't have other plans through the rest of the evening and it's going well, you can just keep it going. That's true. And we'll see how it goes. I will report back. Um, okay. No pressure. Before we get to the journal, did you have any content you wanted to share with the folks? Yes, actually I do. So um, the only thing that I'm watching right now is Generation, which we talked about last week. It's oh, still great. I still stand behind that. Shut up. <laughs> However, I did just finish an audiobook, which was a bit of a mixed bag. I'm not going to recommend it. Um, it was... <laughs> I love the anti-recommendations. Well, it was a mixed bag because I think the story was really good, but I hated the narrator so much that I almost stopped listening a bunch of times. But like by the time uh, – it was very it was complicated because I really liked the story. I thought it was very charming. It was a book called The House in the Cerulean Sea, which I think a couple listeners recommended like you know months ago when I asked for book recommendations. I remember seeing that name, yeah. It's gay. It's kind of like m- magical. It's, it's really cute. It's a really sweet story. Um, and I just, I, I thought it was great. Um, but the narrator was so piss poor. I feel like the author asked one of his friends to read this book. It's like he did the weirdest accents. There was like British people. There were Southern people. It was like, um, it was like voiceover 101 where they're like, you have to differentiate your characters. Okay, great. So every different character is going to be from a different place. Like it was shocking. Like the, the wide world of accents that was going on. Nothing made sense. Like, he would pause after every comma, so there was, like, no flow to the story. It was very frustrating to listen to. Anyway, I think I would actually go back and read the book, because if I could voice these characters in my head, I think it would be great. But at the end of it, I was like, okay, that was kind of fun. I didn't really care for the narrator. Like, end of story. But I was on Audible looking for my next read, because I've been working outside a lot and I needed something to listen to. And so I just clicked on that author, because I thought his writing style was kind of nice. And I realized he has this whole other series of books. Um, And I read some of the reviews, and it was like, if you like like foul-mouthed dirty humor gay fantasy this book's for you i was like oh excuse me (laughs) what (laughs) so um i downloaded the first i think there's only like two or three books in the series um but it's called the lightning struck heart and it is a book that reminds me of um do you remember the two princes with noah galvin and christine bransky you recommended it it's like a like a ya podcast Mm -hmm. um it reminds me of that novel form but like um, written by like a snarky gay person with a foul mouth. It is so funny, Mike. I'm like very much enjoying it. It is like, it's about this like wizard in training and he's gay and he's so horny for this night. He was like <laughs> having this whole dialogue in his head about jousting with this night's butthole. Like it is that kind of writing, which is, it's like you and I talking, but like in a, in a novel, I don't, it, it's something about it is like perfectly on brand for me. I was just chuckling and chortling like for two hours yesterday while I mowed the lawn, just like completely tickled. Um, I'm very, I I haven't finished. I don't know if the book ends well or if the story's even that good, but the writing is charmant. I love it. You told me that quote, jousting with your butthole. Um, You sent me a a video message the other day while I was at the gym and I legit just dropped the weights and cackled. (laughs) It was (laughs) unsafe but very funny this main Um, character his best friend is a um hornless gay unicorn who got his horn stolen oh he's so sad he's very sassy he's really really funny um and the wizard is talking to this unicorn in one scene about how tight his pants are and he's like i'm like a walking advertisement for circumcision right now (laughs) and then they talk about how like his dick print through his pants it's ridiculous it is absolutely ridiculous (laughs) it must be the most niche audience in the world that reads these books but i'm absolutely enjoying it who is this author his name is tj clune k-l-u-n-e it sounds very funny yeah it's it's the lightest read possible um but that's about the only thing i've been listening to what have you been reading listening to watching nothing new i am 
I have eight hours left of the 30 something hours of a little fucking life and good fucking Lord. Um, oh, it's a mm. lot, but I'm going to do it. Did I tell you or did I tell you? <laughs> you fucking told me it's, it's so much. It really is. It's a marathon. Anywho, I'll leave that right there. I did finish a bunch of things I've already shouted out in here, but that I was halfway done with because that's the way I love to consume things mm-hmm. years in between. <laughs> um, <laughs> I finished finally special hacks and generation all on saturday while i was held up in bed so there was some good some good to come out of my sickness oh that's a good sick day good sick day activity like it's that and then like masturbating every like two hours if you have the energy um if i'm a little under the weather in bed i'm like chafed usually it's like something to do you know (laughs) okie dokie i think it's time to get into the journal (laughs) you have it uh i do let me grab it Talking, you don't even have to try. You're cute enough to fuck with me tonight. Looking at the table, all I see is bleeding white. Baby, you live in the life, nigga. You ain't living right. All right, it is November 27th of 2016. Where were we last episode? We just had Michaela and Kick's wedding, and so there's lots of parties and party fouls happening, and now I'm at the end of my San Diego trip. Ah, yes, you are. Okay, so we're still in California, November 27th. Went to mall with Mick, Kick, and Tom and had Veggie Grill. Yum! Said bye to Tom. Oh, love Veggie Grill. I wish there was a Veggie Grill on the East Coast. November 28th, brunch with Michaela's family and Kick. Well, he's part of the family now. Uh, yummy Naked Cafe. Then saw Hannah at her... T- Hannah? she yeah. in California? She is. Okay. Saw Hannah at her hotel and went to Balboa Park. It was raining. Azuki Sushi and Tavern Bowling. Home early to say goodbye to Mick and Kick. What was Hannah doing in town? Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. She was on tour. Oh, cool. Did you see the show while you were there? I did. I'm surprised it wasn't in that entry. Maybe I, maybe it's the next day. I saw it twice. I saw her in California, and then I saw her again in our hometown. Awesome. That's very cool. I bet there was a huge contingent out for her in the hometown, huh? Yes, it was so cool. Um, on November 29th, walked to the beach and talked to mom. Uh, dad's a mess, and I told her I support a separation. Oh, a separation. That's a big I've told you this mm-hmm. before. Like, I remember being like maybe 11, 12, being like, you should maybe get divorced. Oh, shit. <laughs> Very, yeah. But what I'm, a level headed child. <laughs> but I'm glad it's finally on the table. Like, good lord. She's been through enough. Yeah. Oh, here it is. You saw Hannah and Hedwig. She's amazing. Love laughing with her. Uh, reconsidering my career trajectory and what makes me happy. <laughs> I like, I'm, I saw her do really well at this. I'm like, I am not that good. <laughs> Should I do something else? <laughs> uh, there's always that moment. If you've ever performed, even if you were just like on stage and like a high school musical, when you see, when you go to theater, you know, like really good theater and you see them succeeding up there. I think there's always that moment where you're like, my God, they have like the best job. Like that's the, the coolest thing ever. Like it, it used to bum me out because I stopped performing and I was like, did I make a huge mistake? I was never good enough to be up there on those, those stages. But like it was now it's one of those things where I go and I just, I'm like, this brings me so much joy. I wish I could do this all the time, you know, like come, come watch these people be this successful. But there is that, that weird thing when you're seeing someone do something that you once saw yourself doing you know what i mean does that make any sense at all yeah for sure to see i don't know to to people be to see what it looks like to be a success at a thing you dream yeah yes exactly um end of that day you drove mick and kick to the brink the edge (laughs) i thought it said spa but it says sda i think that's san diego airport i drove them um you drove them that's funny why the fuck was i driving them uh because your flight's the next day Huh. Okay. You flew out after them, apparently. Um, on the 30th of November, flight all day. Had a Moe's salad. Atrocious attempt at Lyfts and Ubers from LaGuardia. LaGuardia is uh, is hell. It's not even purgatory. That is like, that is the gates of fucking hell. It is so awful. We recently had this argument with our friends Aaron and Sam because apparently they've redone LaGuardia and both of them like it. But I, I no. will never get out of my head like how awful that fucking airport that's what is. i was about to say that i every time i bring it up people are like no it's good now i'm like no it's not the airport sure there's some nice places in the airport the getting out of LaGuardia is such a nightmare you have to walk like 
four miles uphill through the snow every time, even in July, to get to an Uber. There, there's like Rubik's cubes along the way. I feel like I'm in a maze. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> is it not on a good train line? LaGuardia? No. JFK is on the A. That's easy enough. It's far as fuck, but it's easy. Um, but LaGuardia, uh-huh. I don't think is. It's on the bus. It's like oh, yeah, the yeah. M80. But I don't want to take the bus. Ooh, on a bus? Yeah. From an airport? Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, No, not with luggage. Um, all right. Well, you said happy to be home, but also feeling that New York loneliness and anxiety. Wow, that took uh, literally no time. Is it the New York loneliness and anxiety, or is it my own personal brand that now exists in New York? <laughs> because I'm in well, New York. Well, I don't know. I was feeling this way days ago. It is ubiquitous to people ago. that live there. That's true. I don't know that it is ubiquitous to people that live there. Like, I, I mean, you've heard me complain a lot, and I probably some of your New York friends, but like our friend Sam, I don't think feels that way. And I think well, no, but she's also like one of the happiest people I know. That is a, and she makes a choice to be happy. But that is a very old, like a tale as old as time. People talking about how lonely it is to be in New York. Like you know, like people, like it's like a water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink situation where there's so many people, but you can feel lonelier surrounded by strangers than you can feel by yourself in the woods. That's true, I suppose. But I don't know. I, I I've heard that out of like like it's a. Like, I feel like it's a is, plot line on multiple TV shows. And, I just wouldn't get um, it ubiquitous. I'd say maybe pretty common. Okay, sure. Um, on December 1st, hard to get out of bed, but did a Trader Joe's run and ran into Emma Pook? Emma! It's not Pook. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Pook! Oh, is it It is, but stop. <laughs> <laughs> You drew, I, a cute, you, drew, you drew a cute little smiley face. I fucking love this woman. She is so cool. She is, uh, we were, we went to college together. We're never like very close in college, but just like, she just radiates good energy, but like the realist. She's so, it's not just like that forced happy. It's like, you know, a genuine human who just happens to have a beautiful soul. And every time I see her, I like can't help but feel good. I just, Last time I was in New York was walking to meet Hannah. This is a month ago. And on my way, one block from where I was meeting Hannah, I just happened to run into Emma on the street. And I was like, ah! Like, she just makes me feel (laughs) so good. I love her so much. Oh, wow. That's a rare person. Truly. After you ran into your friend Emma with the smiley face, you took your first improv to a one class. Was fine, but I don't love Achilles. Excuse me? Um... I changed my, my mind about him. He is one of the writers on Broad City, um, but he was teaching my class. Um, oh, and okay. It was just a different, just my second class at UCB, so I'm just getting used to someone else's style. Okay. Um, you tried to activate your iPhone, but you need your mom. That can't be right. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I, it might be. I like. I was on her plan for a while. Eventually. I went straight to tech support. I, I oh. went. You needed your mom. <laughs> I tried to operate it, but I need her. I just need her advice, really. Exactly. Okay. This makes more sense if you're on her plan. Um, And then you smoked and chilled. Um, December 2nd. Now that's ubiquitous. (laughs) Talked to mom, worked out, and made smoothie. Finally exercised, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Woo, good for the month. Picked up staffing check. (laughs) So broke. Busy first night back at Blossom. I this is such a um, through line in this journal, but like two days ago, you ate out three meals. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm on vacation. So broke after being on vacation for ten days and eating out all the time. <laughs> so weird. Um, but now you're back to work. December third, you worked from ooh six thirty to ten thirty a.m. Did Blossom serve breakfast? No, I must have been catering. Oh, okay. Um, easy and felt like I still had the whole day. Because you did. Dealt with getting a phone number switch. Nightmare. Worked out and watched Will and Grace. Hey, hey, hey. Um, surprise dinner party hosted by... Oh, your roommates. I need them to leave. He cooked <laughs> bacon? Question mark, exclamation point. Oh, it wasn't just that he was cooking bacon. I was like making dinner and he pulls up next to me, grabs my pot. And starts like frying fatty bacon that is like splattering into my veggie pan. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> Even if it wasn't bacon, like usually you just kind of give me give me 10 minutes, I'll be done. And then you go ahead. Uh-huh. You just pulled that yeah. up and started doing it. And to add insult to injury, to literally rub salts e bacon in the wound, it was bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, dear. You said 
fire in mom's house it never ends poor mom what oh my god her kitchen set on fire <laughs> um i don't know something happened and the kitchen like went up in blazes it um it like took out just the oven and like part of the wall and some cabinets but it was fine they like insurance covered it and whatever but i was like good lord the timing of this actually then my dad will use this in um oh not a month in like a couple weeks he said um remember maybe like 40 episodes ago i was saying that he was trying to manipulate his elder in-laws and and his own parents and saying they had like dementia basically saying yes. that he was a caretaker and and he would never abuse someone with dementia yeah, anywho yeah, yeah. he st- he uses this fire that was just an accident by my mom um and said it was um Weibo who did it because she's like senile and didn't know where she was and what was going on and thank god he was there to help um or else the whole house would have been on fire or whatever and he was trying to he like tried to twist this as um another you know him as wow. the savior moment what what did you i mean we can talk about that when we get there i suppose but like what did your mom do like sitting in that courtroom hearing him say those things was she like she was beside like, herself um was she throwing things no her face was like pretty pretty blank just pretty stoic just wow absorbing good for her um all right december 4th um blossom brunch then christmas decorating with ryan and claire ah fine. Um, yeah. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I love Christmas and friends. <laughs> um, your shitty female roommate and her annoying friends hijacked our party. Watched a Charlie Brown Christmas. You did I write my shitty female roommate? <laughs> no, you wrote her name. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Is that a favorite of yours? I, we were never a Charlie Brown household. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I see it every year, but it's just like nostalgic and cute. Yeah. My, we we aren't like super into the movie, but we do have little. We have lots of ornaments and little salt statues and, and little salt and pepper shakers. Surely somewhere, <laughs> of uh, it's always Charlie Brown, Linus and Lucy. It's always I'm I'm Linus. My brother's Charlie Brown and my sister's Lucy. Cute. Mm-hmm. I would peg you as a pig pen, really. Please don't peg um, me. <laughs> pig pen. <laughs> On the fifth of December, busy night at Blossom. Uh, Claire read us part of a Christmas carol. That was nice. <laughs> it was so nice. Well, Claire is this brilliant actress. She's so good and she's British, so her natural voice is just like really lends itself to a Christmas carol. And it was I didn't know she was British. You didn't know this the whole time? No. Oh, well. Didn't I is. meet her? Yeah. <laughs> so what's wrong with you? I don't I don't remember her being British. That's not part of my my narrative for Claire. We were, <laughs> we were gonna go around and like do this nightly and everyone take turns reading it we didn't do that but it was really fun to just have her do it it's like i listened to the audiobook last christmas of it it's very enjoyable um especially when a good actor's doing it for you that's all i'll yeah. stop about it now oh that's beautiful um sounded kind of cheesy like why is your roommate reading to you but now that you've described it it's very no, nice we like made hot toddies um, and we're like you want to do this and the christmas lights were up it was just really nice man you guys are cut from the same cloth that is like a very <laughs> mike wessels kind of night also, here we Let's are. Let's make a drink and have an activity. Oh my god, we're doing Christmas in July. That's better than some of the times we've done Christmas. That's true. Christmas in like January. <laughs> Everyone's over it and we're reading about it. Um, on the 6th of December, you did jack shit. Is that on what the I wrote? 7th of December, <laughs> n- no, worked an event at Saks. Don't remember what else is what you wrote. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, December 7th, Blossom. Not sure what else. Um, oh no. What? Sorry, December 7th, Blossom, not sure what else, shitty female roommate turned down my Venmo request for the pizza I got for everyone. (laughs) What the fuck? Uh, I remember her being like, I only had a couple slices. I'm like, we all had a couple slices. We shared a pizza. That's how pizza works. I don't know. I just there perfect. I got nothing to say. She sounds like the worst. Like the the worst. She isn't like if you looked at her now i don't know she was a bad roommate clearly objectively but like she i will maintain is a cool person she's like fun i feel like she's liberal and and maybe has her shit a little more together now but yeah just a truly not a good roommate i don't really understand why she wouldn't use her good qualities to be a good roommate no shit she must have something really going for her because all the things that you've written here would make me like write this person out of my life forever i'm pretty sure gross december 8th um ma oh 
Okay, mom told me dad is definitely going to prison, but we don't know for how long. Improv class, then got drunk at Sam's holiday party. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Made out with some guy. <laughs> <laughs> Did I like his face? Um, I was hammered at this holiday party. We've got pictures. It was really fun. Thank you, Sam, for bringing me to this. Obviously, I needed it this night. I don't think I even told her. I don't think I told anyone what was going on until after the sentencing. Um, I don't think I was talking, telling you about this. No, you told me after it happened. Yeah. Um, Wait, this is this her work holiday party? Her work holiday party, and I made out with some guy on her team. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Does she know that? Yeah. She was like, how was making out with, uh, you know, insert name here. <laughs> She's looking around for me. She's like, were you doing it again? I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> how was making out with some guy, <laughs> as quoted in the journal. No, I know his um, name, but I can't say it. <laughs> Okay. On December 9th, ran into Chris on Central Park North. Oh, my Your God. Your brother? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I think you've told me about this before. Do you want me to finish the entry or do you want to talk about it? You can finish the entry. Um, he's on his way to see Dad to hear the news. This is my dad's um, confessional tour. So I already knew, obviously, since an, an April a year ago, something was going on. I just heard about prison for sure. But my brother and sister still oh have God. zero idea. After everything we've heard in this journal between my I mom forgot, and I. I forgot that you've been keeping this a secret the whole time. My sister and brother have not an inkling. They don't even know there's any trouble whatsoever. And my dad has come to New York City because my brother, sister, and I are all working there. And I have never in my life run into my brother in New York or my sister for that matter. They're both East Side people and I really choose not to go to the East Side. Um, <laughs> and... I just happened, because of where my next catering event was, to be walking across Central Park, and I literally, like, shoulder to shoulder, bumped into my brother. And I've never before seen him, and now I'm just, I was coming directly from meeting my dad that morning um, for him to tell me. And uh, I bump into my brother, and he was like, oh, I'm going to go see dad. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I didn't, like, I didn't say anything. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I, I have... I'm on my way. You're on your way. You don't have time. And I'm not going to like, it's not my duty to, to share this news, but I already knew. I didn't know what to do. That was a weird situation. Um, uh, what would you have done? Would you what have told him? What a weird him? thing to, oh no, absolutely not. Not if your dad, if he's on his way, like that's not your responsibility, but like, it is a very strange thing to like bump into a sibling, like in the middle of a city, like in a, I don't know, knowing that your dad was there too. And just, oh God, it's it so much awkward. Felt very, um, you know cosmic mm -hmm. um so what i neglected to to write there i just kind of sort of mentioned that i was working that morning at blossom and i remember um i met my dad at lenwich down the street and i just walked by it last month with hannah and i was like oh my dad told me about prison there <laughs> um <laughs> shit and he like i remember him being like can i i need i need to meet you now i like it was urgent and i was like i'm literally in the middle of work i can give you mm -hmm. 10 minutes at this whatever it was a mess he was uh I can't believe I didn't write this. Um, he started crying, obviously, um, and was like, I'm in trouble. I am in a lot of trouble. And I, remember, I don't know how it came up, but he was like, sometimes you just want your mom. <laughs> like he, he like retreated to childhood. He was like weeping. Ugh. It was, I think, the first and only You're time. You're on a break at work watching your dad have an existential breakdown. That is too much. It was way too fucking much. Um, and I think... That may have been the only point at which he apologized, and then he kept. Then he walked everything back later. Um, but he was like, "I think I'm going to prison," and I remember trying to be supportive. Still at this point, I was like, "Listen, you're not dying. Like this could be cancer. This like it's you know it, this is terrible, but like y you're gonna deal with it, and you're gonna come out the other side, and like we're gonna support you." And what this is you know still before I knew really all the details. Um, and when I said, "You're not dying." He was like, um, honestly, I think I'd rather be dying. <laughs> and he meant it. He Fuck. would have rather been, he would have rather had cancer, of course, because cancer would have made him like the tragic hero and not the mm -hmm. scum that he was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just a fucking nightmare. And then I went about my day. What happened next? Oh, gosh. Well, you worked a private party for some French billionaires, um, which probably wasn't very fun for you. Um, you wrote, poor mom has it so hard. We have to find money for her to survive. <laughs> cue the the tour uh, that i've my, my acapella tour that i've briefly mentioned in the past <laughs> uh, me uh, the, the great money making venture that was an acapella bus tour <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, December 10th, you met with your cousins for lunch. You told them about dad and they were great. You also told Mick and Kick. You did a staffing event. Dad is telling Tara tonight, this is a nightmare. Yikes. I feel like we're going through it. It is a nightmare. Every day is something else. Yeah, not a good time. <laughs> oh, you... Um, you mixed up your days because it was de- it was December 11th. Uh, it was two days after you ran into your brother that you met your dad. You did write about it. You uh, said, okay. met dad at nine before work to talk. He was so oh. shaken and so sorry, crying and red. It was awful. Two to five years, which I'm assuming you mean he's probably going to get two to five years. Yeah. Really hard day at Blossom. At home, typed mom and Weebo's letters and started mine. Trying to prep for the next weeks, told Hannah. Um letters to read at court like character statements uh yeah let's back up so that's interesting that i've you know changed the memory in my mind we've talked about this so many times before how you you know Mm -hmm. reorganize your thoughts well and there's so much crazy trauma happening all at once of course like it probably like years later just feels like it all happened on the same day that makes a lot of sense yeah um so i guess he told my brother first even though you knew knew, yeah well he really Um, spread out this uh pain for himself because uh ninth was your brother 10th was your sister 11th was you could only deal with one meeting a day i guess um yeah so anyway the letters we had to do character references like you said he had so many we had like an aunt and an uncle my sister's uh, best friend my who i call my other sister amy wrote one my sister's ex-boyfriend um lots of us writing letters and my mom and um doesn't like to write so i was like well what do you want to say and so i wrote that for her um and also (laughs) i don't know i don't know that she had the capability to write anything nice at that point um which is very fair fair. and weebo's i had to write um in english because she uh she wrote something in spanish and i tried to translate it the best i could um it was just a fucking nightmare and like i you know i'm already dealing with just the emotional trauma of it and now i've got fucking homework assignments too it was not fun all of this, like, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, like, like the bleak landscape that was December 2016, when, like, we're waiting, like, Trump's about to be inaugurated, and all this is happening in your, like, personal life. The fact that you, like, survived this is shocking, because this is, a, <laughs> that was such a dark time for everyone. My God. I cried a lot. <laughs> I had a lot of uh, ugly moments. And for good reason. Um, the 12th of December up at 8 a.m. to edit and send dad's character letter to the judge slash lawyer with a straight lipped emoji um, stayed in bed all day then blossom good to be with people great slash supportive Skype from Hannah um, Sam ate at blossom oh Sam ate at blossom it's <laughs> like who's Sam uh, stupid <laughs> who question. is Sam um, all right two more days and we're through the first two weeks of December um on the 13th of December, you submitted passport and did laundry. Submitted passport? Um, Do you need to renew it? I think I had to renew it, and I think in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm certainly going to be getting out of this country at some point soon. <laughs> okay. Oh, understood. Um, you said it feels good to be productive. Going to meet Tara and Chris tonight. God. Oh, my God. The idea of just sitting there, the three siblings talking about what in the world went down with your dad. Like, what's it? Do you guys talk about it now when the three of you are together, or do you just not? No. I mean, we're barely together, but yeah, we, I mean, it's been talked to death. Um, but this meeting in particular was like super unfun because it wasn't just, we, we didn't have time to sit there and like support each other and be siblings and be emotional. It was like, okay, who's going to cover this expense? Okay. What lawyer can we get to do this? Okay, great. And now mom's mortgage is going to be due this day. Who's got that? It was just instantly like, let's figure, let's, let's float. And then we can talk about, um, you know, well, because the, I, I guess the biggest issue here is that your parents are still married. And so their assets are joint assets. And so anything that like they're going after your dad for, they're going after your mom's assets for too. So everything's frozen. Everything's caught up in this situation. So she has, doesn't even have access to her savings, right? Yeah. That was, that was her big stress was like, what am I going to lose my house? What am I going to lose because of what this man did? Um, right. He's already ripped so much from her. He's already stolen her joy for decades now. Um, and now she's like, am I going to be homeless? Am I going to be able to just eat? Like it, it got desperate. Um, we figured it out, but it was a, it was a nightmare. And she, I mean, getting divorced from prison is also a nightmare, especially with an uncooperative partner. It was, uh, there was nothing good about this. There was no silver lining. It was tough. How long did it take for the divorce to go through? Mm, two years. It's a long fucking time. 
Um, all right. Well, let's see. You're finishing December 13th. You said, talked about what we'll all pay, as you already said. Um, wish I could smoke with them. Oh, was this before you'd smoke with your siblings? No, no. I think we wanted to smoke. I think I had something to do <laughs> or I, like I, oh. I would have. <laughs> well, you said watch Broad City with Tara. So <laughs> oh. maybe you just didn't have any weed. I'm renewing my passport. I'm not smoking. That makes me think that I am looking at cruise ships, whether or not I'm writing it. Oh, understood. That makes sense because that's like your your backup, like the that's way my, that you can make the most money and that's my save runaway. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, flee. <laughs> um, all right. Well, finishing this journal portion with a bang. December fourteenth, twenty sixteen. Blossom. Who knows what else? <laughs> you had some other shit on your mind, my friend. Yeah, it sucked. Um, all right. Well, the good news is we only have one more episode of uh, this dark, bleak winter. Then things will start to pick up um, once, you know, everything just happens. My dad finally goes to prison. Um, but hey, you have nothing to apologize for. This is what we've committed to, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is bad and <laughs> ugly. Just missing that good. <sighs> All right. Well, in more enjoyable news, we are bringing back a segment we introduced last week called Anonathef. So we heard from one of my good friends who is a long-time listener. Um, she was responding to all the vomit talk last time of um, mm-hmm. booting and rallying. At the bachelorette party? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, she has her own bachelorette party story. She said, at a friend's bachelorette party, there was a big group of us at a karaoke bar. We couldn't all fit at tables, so it was like three tables of uh, groups of five girls each. We were all facing the karaoke stage, and I'm at the table near the front, um, and I realized that I have to vomit like right now. So I bend down under the table to my shoe, which has no laces, but act like I'm tying it. I vomit into both of my cupped hands. Some gets on the floor. Then I just stand up casually, walk to a trash can, empty my hands, and go to the bathroom to get cleaned up. I still to this day think no one saw it happen, but if they did... It was at least very stealthy. There is no way on earth that was stealthy. It's not as though liquid in your hands just like chills there. It's got to be dripping off the side. That is so fucking Depends on how chunky it was. Um, Also, depends on how like drunk and oblivious all the other girls were. And this girl's a pretty uh, like cool cucumber. I could see her actually pulling this off. My favorite part of that story is that she pretended like she was tying like boots that had no laces. (laughs) Also, she's not really that big of a partier, so if she was that drunk, I guarantee everyone else at that party was like near blackout. So Fair enough. Uh can you imagine just puking into your cupped hands? I mean, I can't because the only time I've ever puked from drinking is when I was like blackout and I was I didn't have that much like mental fortitude to do it in a way that was, you know, nondescript. I would have just like well, probably not puked on a table full of food, but I would have been asleep Oof. on a bathroom floor for sure. Honestly, her strategy is not the worst I've heard. I've had plenty of friends puke in purses. We saw people puking all over purses tables. Purses and cabs, yeah. Yeah, so you know what? At least she at least she had a strategy. Okay, so here's a question that I have because I know that people puke in purses and cabs a lot so as not to, you know, get kicked out of a cab or have to, like, pay $500 to clean it. Mm-hmm. But do you take the stuff out of the purse first? Because like generally speaking, that purse is you're carrying it because it's holding like your wallet, your phone, like the stuff that you really need. So like, are you going home and scrubbing off your lip gloss and like, like, you know, drying out your singles lip gloss of all things, <laughs> fuck your like Louis Vuitton wallet and your cell phone, the lip gloss quick to care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I hope I hope so. But I think by the time you're puking in your purse, you don't really have that much um, facility over the situation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it probably really depends on on the person and how how drunk they are. All right, Ooh. before we go, we have a couple pieces of listener mail. We sure do. First, we have a message from Emma. She's looking for some advice. Emma says, "Help, hot construction man. Hello, my favorite lads. Long-time listener here. <laughs> what does one do when there is a spicy hot construction man working on your street and you drive past him every morning going to work? Should I approach? Mm-hmm. Should I keep smiling and doing like the one hand on the wheel, lift fingers to wave thing? He is mighty fit and has some great beard action. If you look good in a hard hat, I think you're winning regardless. Any and all advice welcome. Love you both. Sincerely, Shy Girl Summer? Question <laughs> mark. Um, do you have any advice for her? I do. Be bold, approach, be nice, be respectful. Um, I'm not worried about this woman being respectful to this man on the hard hat. Hey, I think that's a perfectly fine point to make. Um, if you're anytime you're approaching someone um, that you think is attractive, I think it's, you know, like you just come from a place of respectability. Fair. You can okay. just say, um, roll down your window, say, hey, how's it going? Uh, if he bites, uh, great. That opens up the door to conversation. If he waves like, you off. Hey, why'd you bite me? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> if he bites, literally, then he's probably not a great guy, despite how good he looks in a hard hat. Um, yeah, I think that you can just say hello. That's a great way to start conversation. Uh, and as a woman approaching a man, I feel like the power dynamic is much less... Um, toxic right off the bat you know like Mm -hmm. we always think about construction workers like wolf whistling and stuff so um if it's a safe place um you could walk up to him and say hello or if it's a safe place to stop your car you could um you know you could just roll down the window and like gesture him over say hi i say be bold he's at work around his coworkers. i feel like the risk is pretty low um like you know approaching strange men on the street isn't something i'd always recommend but i i think say hi and see if he engages and if he does then talk to him like a human i agree i will add if it's possible to have a friend in the car with you i might do that just because things are always less safe for women not that i mean it sounds pretty fine if it's daytime and he's got a team Mm -hmm. around him she's probably pretty safe i agree but you know it doesn't hurt to have a friend in the car just to double check that safety literally just write your name and number on a scrap piece of paper and i think that like one of the sexiest things you could do like make sure you're feeling cute do whatever you need to do to you know feel cute put on like your favorite top or whatever roll down the window dress room over say hey how's it going said good thanks how are you great notice you from across the street love that beard text me sometime hand him the thing and leave and then if he does then you're good i will say i have several times while waiting tables gone out with or at least chatted with people who have given me numbers on a receipt or whatever who just were bold enough to be like hey here's my number let's talk even though we had very sexy absolutely yeah i think a bold move sometimes um sometimes is is rewarded i yeah there's a phrase fortune favors the brave baby what we're saying Um, is do it emma and please report back we want to know what happens um mm -hmm. let's see here uh we'll grab a review we've got one here called sanity through the hijinks this says, by far the best podcast that I've listened to. Love that. Oh. Started listening since week one, and I can honestly say that Mike and Cam have brought nothing but entertainment and sanity during some extremely crazy and challenging times. You'll come for the inside humor that you can only find with best friends, and you'll stay for the thoughtful and insightful approach to the real world issues. <laughs> that might be generous. Thank you. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's commentary about one's posterior. <laughs> that happens nearly every episode. That is true. <laughs> Who knows? But whatever mm. the reason you listen, you are guaranteed a good time with a bunch of laughs. Oh, thank you so much. And this is from Apra underscore Chris on iTunes. Thank you very much. That's very <laughs> sweet. And you know, we do have a brand that is butts and bulges. <laughs> butts and bulges with Mike and Cam. That's our follow-up podcast. Spinoff. <laughs> We've got a bunch of spinoffs. We better get working. All right. Since we have <laughs> since we have a lot of work to do to build this new podcast, let's get going. All right. Cam, if folks want more of Best Friends Journal, where can they find us? Oh, they know where they can find us on Instagram at MBFJ Podcast. It's a great way to see uh, relevant content to the show and also send us a message. If you want to send us something a little bit longer, you can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or visit our website, mybestfriendsjournal.com. That's right. And please, as always, rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. It is the best way to get this show out there and help us keep going. All right. That about does it for this week, Mikey. Until next time, always remember... Madonna, while you were once in vogue, you're no longer a ray of light. Now, sachet away. <laughs> Stop conducting. That's <laughs> <laughs> thinking. It's like a straight four. You are half of that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you! That was that was good. That was really good. But you're a dick. Do you watch me have to think that. about it for a second? Yeah, I did. <laughs>